I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Hey chickens, heaps of theories, heaps of opinions. We are still delving into Revolution of the Daleks, the New Year's Day special. Hey chickens, this is the fabulous Adam Richard. Uh, first up is Miriam, who says, bit meh. <laughs> Acting qualities of some, not good enough for the emotional stuff. Ooh, that is harsh. Uh, not enough humour, uh, no chance for Barrowman to sparkle, and he can sparkle so well. See, here we were just in the last episode saying, it was good to see him restrained, but Miriam wants him to sparkle, so... <laughs> Maybe they needed a musical number. Oh, my God, a musical episode of Doctor Who. Can you imagine it? I can, and I'm terrified of it. Um, Nice nod to Torchwood. She says, could that ever come back? I don't know. Uh, It didn't ever feel like there was was ever any danger. Oh, in the episode. Solutions were found too quickly, right? Glossing over, giving up a spare TARDIS. The Daleks looked great, though, as did the cloning lab. Yeah, that whole scene, like the spooky mutant Daleks, like I know it's a little bit of a riff on Alien, but I loved it. Um, Miriam also says, theory, the admiration Yasmin feels for the Doctor will become important. The season arc could be the Doctor trying to find out who she really is. Ryan and Graham will be back in an Earth mission, maybe joining UNIT, um, Mr. Big. <laughs> Robertson will be back. Such a mischance in this episode of John Barrowman and Chris Noth having some good chemistry. Oh, yeah, but, you know, maybe Chris Noth had it in his contract. Like, don't let that thing near me. He's too much. I don't want to be acted off the screen by that camp over-the-top monster. 
Um, Sue says, I was most upset about the destruction of the TARDIS. Yes, a few people have said that. I know it wasn't the Doctor's TARDIS, but I thought TARDISes were essentially sentient, as in the Doctor's wife. Yes, very much so. Murray also said that. I think that the Doctor destroying a TARDIS is interesting in light of, for example, the Doctor's wife. Um, I think that Yaz looks increasingly a bit in love with the Doctor. That's my theory, too. Uh, Murray also says, we don't need any more J.K. Rowling references in Doctor Who. Popular culture references rarely do the show favours, and I don't think trans people need this fandom to nail its sails to the mast of another that many no longer feel welcome in. Yeah, that's a that's a thing. Like, with um, J.K. Rowling being so hideously uh, transphobic, but... Does that mean the work that she's created in the past is not valid and not still something that people love? Like, it's, uh, you know, it's still a, a, a huge touchstone for people of, of all ages. And, you know, the work itself is not transphobic. Um, I mean, I'm sure we can find something in there um, <laughs> if we look hard enough. But, yeah, it's, it's a difficult thing. It's like, uh, I don't know if you've seen Hannah Gadsby's Nanette, but talking about the man Picasso and the work of Picasso and can you separate these things is a fascinating, fascinating bit of stand-up. Um, anyway, let's, let's not go into that too much. Um, uh, Murray said, I felt that Jack Robertson being allowed to just go about his business after trying to sell out the world made the Doctor look a bit lacking in agency. Like, she's not stupid, so she knows he's lying. So is she so stymied by not being able to prove it that she has to let him go back to his life of luxury and wickedness with the story of being a hero to boot? Um, This now, I know a couple of people have brought this up. I'm wondering if this is part of, uh, you know, satire and parody becoming story in that we've seen time and time again Trump who Jack Robertson obviously based on, um, lie and there being no consequences for his terrible actions. Uh, and is this just, you know, that's... We're now seeing that how that happened in the Doctor Who world. It's like, well, apparently you can do all these things and there are no consequences for you. Um, and, you know, who knows? Once Trump's out of office, there may be consequences or he may just continue to go on doing whatever he feels like. Uh, Anyway, um, Murray says, here finally is an actual theory. Uh, If Chibnall's got his head on straight, it'll emerge when it's most useful to the Doctor when she wants something that she's got evidence of Robertson's duplicity that she can pass on to the world. Um, Ben McKenzie, the lovely Ben McKenzie from Night Terrace, uh, has replied to Murray saying, I was surprised at the Potter reference, but there aren't many things that would work in that context, i.e. a classic but modern story that viewers would recognise. And you make a good point about Robertson. The Doctor destroyed Harriet Jones for less than he attempted. Uh, And her motivations were good. The TARDIS thing was a worry too. Jack's departure was a bit abrupt. What's he been doing all this time? I enjoyed him, but his presence meant Graham had very little to do before the end. And as for agency, the Doctor was in that Jadoon prison for a long time, but never tried to escape. I know she has a lot on her mind with the whole timeless child thing, but still. I'm also worried at how many things can get into the TARDIS if the Jadoon want her back in custody and they can just teleport into it. How's she going to stay safe from them? Will they be pursuing her for all her crimes forever now? Mm, That's a concern. Uh, uh, Richard from the Flight Through Entirety podcast also 
mentioned that. Uh, he said, I'm saddened that if Kate Orman had written this, Kate Orman is an Aussie writer of many of the uh, Eighth Doctor adventures, maybe also the miss- the new adventures and missing adventures from the wilderness years, uh, as they call it. Uh, but yeah, great, great author if you ever want to chase down her in any of her books. The one I remember loving the most was, I think, Seeing Eye. I know that's not her. Other people have more like things they like better, but I really enjoyed that one. Again, set in a prison or is it a loony bin he was often in a loony bin the poor eighth doctor um i shouldn't call it a loony bin it's a mental health facility oh my god i've turned into that crazy old man that just says horrifically offensive things without thinking um anyway (laughs) please don't cancel me for saying loony bin when i've realized that it's a terrible thing to say um so yes richard said sad and that if kate orman had written this the marks in the doctor's cell would have been escape attempts oh yes and not just more days i've been a good girl and what if the lorry driver had had enough tea i mean he clearly needed to go to the toilet at some point uh he'd not bothered with the john sims memorial truck stop cafe there'd be no drug thermos no hijack no story as pants as jack's rogers clemson hair dye oh my lord you're maligning everyone there richard <laughs> But yeah, the uh, escaping from the prison, like it is weird. But I mean, I guess the doctor's just had a few decades of just being like, I just don't know who I am anymore. I mean, it's I've I've got no choice but to eat this terrible brownie. Um, Aaron said, I found it meh. But the final scene with Ryan and Graham got me in the feels. Uh, Yaz reminds me of early Martha. I don't know if they're trying to make her a bit clingy, but that's how she's coming across when the Doctor doesn't have the same feelings. Yeah, it's a bit like Charlie and the Eighth Doctor from the Big Finish stories, which kind of painted itself into a corner. And, you know, maybe Chris Chibnall thinks he, he can have a better go at it the third time around. I doubt it, though. Uh, Dean Arcuri, the delightful Dean Arcuri, uh, Melbourne Identity, says it was a great ending to a big chapter, which I liked, but possibly because 2020 has been such a year, it felt like decades since we last saw it, so picking up the same storyline threads was a bit much. He did say he enjoyed it, though. Um, Richard Watts, another big Melbourne identity. Everyone's on the Facebook page today uh, and the Twitter. Uh, Richard Watts says, The Doctor's lack of agency was an issue for me in this story. Once again, she's trapped in space jail for decades, but this is the Doctor. Surely she'd find a way to escape without needing Jack to rescue her. I was also concerned about the sacrifice of the TARDIS so casually. All it needed was a line from the Doctor thanking the TARDIS for its willing sacrifice, suggesting that it had an off-screen conversation about it and it wouldn't be an issue. Plus, given this this was Graham Swansong, he had remarkably little screen time and very little to do. And casting a new middle-aged white guy to replace the one who's just left is a bit frustrating. Uh, I was hoping to see Yaz get more to do and more character development as the Doctor's sole sidekick, at least for a couple of stories. Uh, bottom line, I enjoyed the episode, albeit with some quibbles, but I'm increasingly of the opinion that Jodie's Doctor would be better served by a new showrunner. Ooh, controversial. Um, speaking of, Matthew says, I compare it to episodes like Twice Upon a Time and the Husbands of River Song and feel a bit of the fun and imagination is gone. Even bringing up Jack, bringing Jack back felt a bit hollow as if it was an afterthought. Ooh, very, very controversial. Uh, and also Dwayne from the Sirens of Time podcast said, this left me feeling very cold and sad that the BBC makes stories of a lower quality than the licensees. He listens to a lot of Big Finish, I think is what he's pointing out. Um, on the other hand, we have much better and more satisfying Doctor Who stories made elsewhere. So for that, I am happy. See, Dwayne, I'm the other way round. I haven't really been enjoying Big Finish that much lately. Uh, whereas during the Moffat era, when I was finding the show frustrating and over the top and 
mind overblown, I was bang up for Big Finish. I thought it was better than anything. So I think maybe this is just a taste thing. It depends what you like. Um... Lucas says, enjoyable, but again, more quibbles than I feel I should have. Uh, Robertson being left around for an assumed third and final villain appearance left me meh. Jack not getting a proper send-off felt off. Everyone has uh, said this. Uh, At the very least, at least Chibnall managed to work his love of exposition into the dialogue a bit better. If a little ham-fisted. P.S. How many dead British PMs have we seen in Doctor Who now? Oh my God, so many, including alternate universe presidents. Um, Jodie, once again, far outshines the material she's given. And if indeed this is her last season, as the rumour mill suggests, I'll be sad she deserved better. Oh yes, that rumour. Uh... Let's talk about that in the next episode. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.